0: I believe in miracles! Don't say people. I'm doing business here, man. I don't want Anybody tells you words and ideas can change the world. I
1: attention
0: to that man behind 90% of what you're saying ain't coming out of your mouth. From failing, you learn from success? So much. Keep moving forward. Welcome to the Small Business Miracles Podcast. I'm Jeff Randolph. This small business podcast is brought to you by EAG Advertising and Marketing. We're going to talk about marketing. We're also here to celebrate entrepreneurs, and we have marketing news and advice the business owners can use to keep moving forward. Don't miss our featured interview with Callison Bender of the Bender Firm. She's an attorney specializing in collaborative, uncontested, and mediated divorces. And we will catch up with her right after this marketing tip. So for today's marketing tip, I'm going to talk about uh, brand fans. And really, this is an HR component. Um, It's hiring a real brand fan and what that can do for you. Somebody who really truly loves and admires your brand. That may be easier in some professions or some organizations, certainly nonprofit organizations, um, than in others. But I'm going to turn to our good friend Steve Jobs, uh, who, who you know, famously was was in charge of Apple for I don't know, a, a, a while. So. Steve Jobs had a quote and I'm going to read this off to you and and we'll talk about it just a little bit. Um, Steve Jobs said, when I hire somebody really senior, competence is the ante. They have to be really smart. But the real issue for me is, are they going to fall in love with Apple? Because if they fall in love with Apple, everything else will take care of itself. They'll want to do what's best for Apple, not what's best for them or what's best for Steve or what's best for anybody else. So Steve Jobs is really talking about, how do I hire fans of the brand? If, if I do, we're good. Competence is the ante, as Steve said. They have to be capable of doing the job. But if they've already fallen in love with your brand, you're going to have some synergistic alignment that can really take you to new places. So in your hiring process, in that interview process, ask them how they feel. See if you can figure out how much love they have for the brand, and if you're competing, uh, if if there are two people competing for that job, maybe hire the one you know, assuming all things are equal and, and they can both do that job, hire the one who loves it, and wants it more. And welcome back to the podcast. This is our interview time with Kellison Bender from the Bender Firm. Um, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be having a conversation with you. What
0: a what a good time to do it! Um, it, it, collaborative, uncontested, and mediated divorce is our topic today. Um, give us an overview of your firm and and what you specialize in.
1: Sure. So we are a law firm that specializes in divorce. We, in particular, specialize in more amicable divorces. Um, I have been practicing for nearly 10 years now, and I started out like most family law firms where we're taking in all kinds of cases, some more contested. There's that scale of uncontested, okay. to Um, And as time went on, I found that I really liked working with and wanted to really look at families who considered themselves to be families even after divorce. And they wanted to be treated with that kind of respect um, and transparency. And so that's what our law firm really tries to do is help people who are separating do so amicably um, and with respect to their family in the future and how that might look different, but still together in some sense. So we handle mediated divorces um, uncontested divorces. Mm -hmm. I mentioned, um, mediation in general, and Mm -hmm. I know it's all kind of, you know, loosey goosey terminology. Um, and then collaborative divorces, which is something I'm really enjoying and relatively new to now and is relatively new to the Kansas city market.
0: Well, and define the collaborative divorce thing for me. Is it just where we, we both know this is where we want to go and, you know, let's just figure it out together and you're going to help us figure it out. Is that how that is defined or?
1: I would use that definition for probably every divorce that I do. Sure. (laughs) That one, I'd like to slap that one on all of them. Uh Um, Collaborative is really unique because there are several professionals involved. So... As you can imagine in a divorce we're dealing with taxes, mm-hmm. we're dealing with real estate, we're dealing with mental health, we're dealing with all kinds of things and I am an attorney. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really good at that thing. I'm not I'm not a CPA. Oh, I'm gotcha. yeah, yeah. yeah, so in a collaborative divorce We have other neutral professionals, um, for example, a neutral financial advisor and a neutral um, mental health coach. And so they step in and and typically the parties will sign on to do this collaborative divorce process. Um, The kind of I would say that the defining factor that sets it apart from a more typical divorce Mm -hmm. is that we have not filed anything. The goal would be to reach a full agreement with the help of these other neutral professionals And then, and only then, once that agreement is reached, would we move forward with filing anything. If an agreement can't be reached through that process, then the attorneys and the professionals involved in the collaborative process don't move on with the clients.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
1: So there's a lot of incentives to work together, and there are a lot of professionals involved that, that make those gray areas where we go, I don't know, let's just agree to this, like, if, you know, the tax implication... Is a huge issue, yeah. Um, and so there's these other people involved to to look at that and provide that information. Um, it makes a huge difference, especially. And I I really love having the mental health professional with oh, us. Sure, yeah. Because they're dealing a lot of times with parenting plans, and so that's when you know children are involved in divorce, and giving the parents the assurances from a professional of like how this might impact their child and what makes the most sense for a child of their particular age with regards to frequent contact and things like that is priceless.
0: That's a that's a a a good professional to have around in this process. Hell yeah. Um. So we're talking. amicable, amicable divorces. Um, what, what are the biggest challenges in keeping a divorce amicable?
1: I would say the biggest challenges, as you can imagine, the biggest challenge in in most relationships is communication. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Sure. I would apply
1: that to divorces as well. I mean, we're talking about a relationship that is probably at one of its most critical points. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the ability to communicate with, The other party, that transparency Mm -hmm. and the trust. I mean, there's there are a lot of people that come to me um, for maybe a mediated divorce in Kansas um, or they say we're uncontested. We have the agreement. Kellison, can you just get us across the finish line? Um, And I will almost always tell them, you know, this. The other party, if if they're not already on the call, or if there's some reason, you know that this is trust isn't to me. They're not going to trust me, right? Right, right? I'm an attorney, so strike one. Um, <laughs> they've never met me.
0: But you seem like a nice person. Anyway. I
1: do. Yeah, I really try. Um, and and the trust is going to have to be between the two of you, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm going to be as transparent as I can. And I see cases that start uncontested and turn contested almost always do because we're playing a massive game of telephone. Right. Oh, sure. So if you're my client, you're communicating a message to me Mm -hmm. that I am then communicating to the opposing counsel, Mm -hmm. that they're then communicating to their client. And then those two meet back in the middle and they're like, you said, you know, whatever it might be. And they're going, I never said any of that. And so there's a lot of that triangulation and telephone game that, that kind of can get in the way. I think if we can all be on the same page and build that trust through transparency, Mm -hmm then those are the cases that I see successfully cross that finish line as Unquote, unquote, uncontested, uncontested or you're, amicable. Yeah. You're yeah.
0: guiding them through. Um, it, it, on on that same topic, though, let's let's talk prices and fees for a second because mm-hmm. from a marketing perspective, price is one of marketing's famous four Ps of, of marketing. Price is one of those Ps. Um, a Forbes article just told me that the average cost of divorce in fees is $7,000. You have pricing listed on your website for an uncontested divorce and mediated divorce between $3,500 and $4,500. Um, around half the cost of a contested divorce. Um, that's a very strong value proposition. Obviously if, if it's a collaborative divorce you're you're mediating and negotiating, then then the hours start to add up once once somebody gets off track a little bit. Um, is that just kind of keeping keeping them on focus so that they say hey if, if we move off of if, if we start negotiating here this is no longer gonna fit this price point. Do you have that conversation with them or is it really a, um, you know, hey, let's start this process and keep moving forward. And if we run into trouble, I'll let you know that this is going to have a, a price implication if we start talking about this.
1: You know, it depends on the – first of all, what a steal.
0: I, I mean. know. What a good value <laughs> proposition.
1: Man. um, It almost makes me want to get divorced, knowing (laughs) that it's such a great price.
0: Just why? Why don't you do it every year, (laughs) just for fun?
1: Um, So we do offer, you know, come back every, you know, you get the first two full price, the third one is free. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I would say it depends. There's so many. It depends is the famous response of an attorney, right? Um, There are some counties and even judges to get more specific that it is really clear when this case becomes contested. Um, oh, yeah. so and and there's some where it is like loosey goosey. Uh-huh. Um and so I would say first off, my answer is yes. I do have that conversation with people and and there are times where I really put in some elbow grease or what I would consider to be a very reasonable price Mm -hmm. to ensure that people get across that finish line. Cause as with anybody, like I'm a human, once we develop that relationship and I understand the goal of the, the parties involved, I want to help them get across that finish line. Like that is the goal. Right. And so that to me is success is like, let's get us there. Um, if, if a case does become contested and that usually involves, um, in, in for, for example, in Jackson County, Missouri, mm-hmm. we would have to notice up this as contested. So that means we have to tell the court, hey, oh, we see. are now categorizing this as a contested gotcha. case. Okay. And so that's what I mean when I say there's some places where it's really obvious. Yeah. Like yeah. we had to tell somebody, we had to write it on a piece of paper, sign it, send it to them. Um, and when that moment comes, there's then a renegotiation or a conversation that's opened again of like, okay, do we want to continue working together? Because there are times where I can't continue mm-hmm. working with them. If I've really been working um, maybe for one client, but uh-huh. but I've met with both of them on several occasions and right. said, listen, I'm, you know, Sue's attorney mm-hmm. and other person, partner, Sue's partner. I want to help you guys reach this resolution. If that turns sour, I don't feel like that it, it's appropriate for me to then continue on the case and go, Sue's partner. We were cool. And now we're not. So yeah. 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 You know,
0: interesting. That's interesting. So, um, I'm, I'm going to go to a different question, but I I know that that's a, uh, they're all related in a way. Uh, you, you live in this world every day of, of, um, divorce. What does the average person not know about this process? What are, what are clients typically surprised by when, when they go through this?
1: I think that, There are a lot of surprises that Mm -hmm. that clients can experience throughout the Because we don't
0: do this all the time. This is a, you know, this shouldn't be an every, like we were joking about earlier, (laughs) this shouldn't be an every year occasion.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if it is, there are like the jailhouse attorneys that come back to me and they're like, well, this is what we need to be doing. That's right. Um, (laughs) So... I would say one of the things that is typically surprising, and it's a good surprise, which I like, um, is that you don't have to go to court. If you guys are in uh-huh. agreement, uh-huh. you never have to go to court. You never have to testify. You don't have that moment. You could essentially get divorced through email. I mean, yeah. you, it, it can be as efficient and um, low contact as possible to the extent even that now I've started to to preface that in some of my consultations mm-hmm. like I don't I'm not trying to not ever see you <laughs> if yeah. you want to know that I'm a real person with a <laughs> a beating heart that's cool I am you yeah. know there's no there's no gimmick there um and I understand that that I am probably a less exciting visit than like the dentist right oh. and so I don't want you to feel like you have to come here and sign every single document or you have to come here and review every single thing or meet with me at every point um I want this to be as low contact or handholding as you need it to yeah, be yeah and everyone's different there are plenty of people who have hired me literally from the time that their plane took off to the point that they took they hit an elevation they couldn't talk to me anymore that was the extent of our conversation yeah and then I didn't really hear from them much until this case was like finalized because wow. that was you know it was exchanged by email yeah, we never had yeah. that in person we never talked on the phone and that's the way that that person wanted it she was like if I didn't ever have to know you existed and i could go on without ever having to put a face to a name that would be great
0: man it, you know i i like my dentist but you're a cool person to talk to i mean i would go to you a couple times a year but not for, you know, professional reasons. Yeah, just yeah. to hang out. We can have a cup of coffee. But
1: something. imagine if this friendly face embodied the breakdown of your family. I know. It, then it, it, would, be different it
0: yeah. would be a different experience. It would be a different experience altogether. Yeah, this altogether. is just a
1: casual conversation between friends.
0: Well, yeah. let's let's continue talking about the casual dissolution of a family for a second. The, uh, f- uh, more stats for you. Uh, 41% of first marriages end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. And 73% of third marriages end in divorce. That is a trend, it looks like. It, what what changes when people have more experience with divorce? Is it easier for you? Is it more difficult for you because they have a certain thing that they you know are demanding? Or is this like, no, no, this didn't work out. I've been through this before. Here's what needs to happen.
1: So I am going to tell you a little story.
0: Oh, good. I'm, I'll, I'll settle back in. <laughs> no.
1: no, my mom told me my mom was married and divorced seven times.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I think that might be... Um, why I ended up going into family law. I mean, yeah. you kind of go with what you know. And I thought, um, I seem to know how to talk somebody out of this chaotic situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to do that for my job. And my mom's bit of marriage advice, which, as you can imagine, seven rounds in yeah. was either super valuable or not the most valuable advice. You know, mm-hmm. it depends on how you want to take it. But her advice to me was um, that your first marriage is going to be the hardest one for you to, to leave. Like you, Mm, you absolutely put everything into that first marriage because Mm -hmm. the, once you've done it, I mean, it's probably like the similar with anything. Once you've like weightlifted anything, whatever the task is, that second time's a little bit easier. That third time's a lot easier. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, boom. Hey, we can do this over the weekend. Like no big deal. And, And so my mom's little bit of advice or whatever it's worth was, Really put a lot of effort in that first one. If you think, you know, gosh, this guy's like super annoying or this gal is whatever, you know, insert whatever. Yeah. I've heard a million different things. Um, there's there very well may not be anything better out there. You're going to just see. Wow. See so if you can work this, this out. Through. Yeah. 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 Really, really put a lot of effort into that first relationship mm. and obviously future relationships as well. But her I think the underlying message was it just gets easier to step away. Mm. Um with regards to if it's easier or harder for me, it can be both. I think mm-hmm. emotionally, the handholding portion of it for me as the attorney is less. Uh, there's less of a burden there mm-hmm. because again, they've done it before. They're like yeah, this bandy has yeah. been ripped off. I know what this feels like, right. and I'm I'm prepared for it, and to whatever extent I can be. The the other pieces of it. Um, there's always that comparison, right? Yeah, so they're yeah. going to look back and go, last time it was over, you know, the weekend. It right, was so fast right. and this guy was really easy to deal with or this girl was blah, blah, blah. Um, and this time it's different. And so there's always that comparison that you kind of have to to mitigate those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um but I the the emotional toll on the person I think is a, a little, little less, yeah, less of just shell shock. Because
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and if we use that dentist analogy, it's it's you know I've been to the dentist before, I've gotten a root canal, I've gotten a filling, I've you know had the, whatever procedure done, and, and my second time around, I know what to expect. I know at least that emotional part of it's there, even if the 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 rest of the uh, pain and suffering from your dentist yeah. office is the same.
1: Well, and it reminds me of this idea of like. Uh, grabbing your fear by mm-hmm. the, you know, the, putting it in a chokehold and going like, how bad could this possibly be? Yeah, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with that too. It's like the idea of divorce for most people is the, one of the scariest things they can imagine. Cause like, yeah. what would my life even look like?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and then that, for that first one, mm-hmm. especially you have no
1: idea. Exactly. And so, you know, we're so intertwined. I don't know where I'll live. I don't know how to make money. I mean, there are so mm-hmm. many fears involved. And then if you've done it once, you realize, okay, I, I'm still alive. Yeah. I still have food to Think, eat.
0: Things went on. I live
1: in a place. Mm-hmm. Like okay, yeah, and so it's a little bit. It, it's not as scary.
0: Interesting. Um, tell me, tell me about growth, uh, because you, you know, people are paying to talk to you. Um, how do you, how do you, do you know how to grow and scale from there? Or is that, is that an, a matter of bringing on new, new, you know, new attorneys to work with you and, and grow that firm, or do, do you have a path planned out there? What are your thoughts around all of that?
1: No. Got it. <laughs> no, it's the short answer. No, I think, I mean, that for me has been the biggest struggle mm-hmm. um, in being a small business owner and growing because I've been very, I'm very grateful that my business has grown and, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, more clients and consistent clients and the phone continues to ring. That is nothing I'm complaining about. And as you said, it's my name on the door and it's, yeah. it's my face on the website and it's, my we were talking about Google reviews earlier yeah. and the Google reviews say, you know, kellyson has got, you know, great jokes and she's whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's about me specifically. Yeah. And so typically when people call and they they want to interact and they want to hire our firm, I have people that work for me and they're great and they're funny and they're all the things that I am yeah. and and then some in a lot of ways. And they're less stressed. So they're way more pleasant. <laughs> people don't realize that. And so they're like, no, I need to speak with Kellison. Right. I can't get my question answered. And there, you know, that process of of delegating Uh um, to someone else has been the hardest process for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. because obviously there are only so many hours in a day. And so while I want to continue to build and grow, I can only squeak out so many minutes to be on the phone with somebody, right,
0: right. you know,
1: and if they want me to sit on the phone with them for 40 minutes, so they can really just kind of verbally process what their experience was yesterday with mm-hmm. a text exchange with someone that, cuts into a big part of the day while I wish I could do that with everyone because I really do like these people. Sure. Sure. I, I can't. And so I've had to kind of learn how to delegate that without the client feeling like they're being undercut as far as the value of what they're receiving. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pivot now into the lightning round because I think Mm. there's a question in there that just like kind of really really works with what you just said. So let me first explain about the lightning round first. Oh, are you, are you frightened about the lightning round? i terrified. No, No pain, no suffering. Lightning round is easy. Okay. Um, lightning round is, is one of those things that we do where we throw a question at you. You have no previous knowledge of anything that I'm going to to throw at you. Um, we're looking for your sound bite answer or short answer or whatever. And I'll, I'll ask follow-up questions if I need to. Um, but the first lightning round question is, um, you know, what, What's the best part of your job? Because you're you're dealing with some pretty weighty moments in someone's life and, and that can have an emotional toll. Um, and you do it all the time. Sometimes kids are involved. I think you just came from from a, a deposition where someone is, is a, a child is testifying. Um, what are the bright spots? What is it that, that makes you say, yep, this was a good day?
1: I like people. I I genuinely like people Mm -hmm. and I like interacting with people and that makes it fun. Um, So even this morning going to, I was in Clay County um, and I'm at a court hearing and the individuals I'm interacting with are nice people. And even in the despair of their situation, they're fun. I like talking to people um, and that has made A huge difference because that is the bulk of what I do is meeting new people and interacting with them and seeing their humanity. And I really, really like people generally,
0: man, that's a, you know, that makes it worthwhile. Um, how do you recharge from a challenging day? What, what does self care look like?
1: So I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, oh, sure. So so, so I self-care yeah. with, uh, you know, just kind of getting knocked around, physically assaulted mostly at <laughs> home by my children. Good, um, good. No, I mean, I'm very lucky because I have a very self-sufficient husband. Mm-hmm. So on... A weekday, at the end of the day, you're not wrong. Even in a lovely day where I've had great conversations with people, it's a lot of active listening. Oh, Um, sure. And so at the end of the day, I come home and I'm, I'm a strong compartmentalizer and I go, okay, that's beyond me. And I sit down with my kids and I enjoy that time with my children. And then once they go to bed that sweet, sweet eight o'clock
0: time. Then then it's on.
1: Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, let's, you know, we'll go in the hot tub or hang out with my husband or whatever it might be. But yeah, I just, I just push through till eight o'clock.
0: Let the cares of the world melt away at that point. Yes. Yeah, Um, sweat them out. You, you mentioned husband, uh, you, you are married. How, how does your day job impact your life as a married person? And I, I don't know what I'm going for here exactly other than, you know, I'm I'm thinking it's either the extreme of, of like, you know, uh, a very Very concerted effort toward great communication, so that everything goes well um, with with your partner. Or it's the other extreme of knowing that you know I'm like five signatures away from being done with this. If he ever upsets me, like how how does that impact your day to day life?
1: Oh. oh. The juicy details. Okay. Um, no, I, you know, honestly, I joke with my husband because I think it benefits him a ton because the stories that I hear, mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy is a saint. <laughs> <I'm> like, holy fish. <laughs> I picked a good yeah, one. Yeah. I'm like, I always, I, I, I mean, it's our joke. I'm like, I always know he comes home after work. You know, I know mm-hmm. where he is 99% of the time. And if I don't, it's probably Home Depot. <laughs> right. And like, I. And he, you know, he doesn't get angry. He's not like, you know, are there like annoyances? A hundred percent. We're married. We live in the same house. We have to like manage two children together. Absolutely. And he's great. I don't worry about him coming to me and being like, I just threw a camera in the guest bedroom, you know, even though your sister's coming, but it's not a big deal. It's for security. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) But those are the stories I hear. Those are the stories you hear. Yeah. Or I'm like, sis, you bought that. Okay. I mean, here we are. Let's just do it. Um, so no, I think if anything, it makes me go, man, I'm so lucky. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, that's, you know, that's maybe the best, the best possible news. It's, it's so much better than saying no. And because of that, I really spend like three hours a day just focusing on my own skills as a communicator to make sure that we're, we're where we need to be.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's just, it's honestly, I'm like, this is great. I said it and forget Set it, and it, and it and, 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 and put a lot of effort into it because I don't want this guy to go anywhere. He is. He's good stuff. This is
0: it. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to close out the lightning round with this question because uh, I'm going to go back in time a bit um, where you, the, to, the, to a time way back in the days of yore where you interned as a legal analyst for U.S. Senator Roy Blunt's office in Washington, D.C., and as a legislative analyst for the Missouri House of Representatives. What impression did that make or what kind of takeaways do you have from your time uh, with the legislative process and, and how, our, how a bill becomes a law?
1: Oh, man. OK, lightning round. First impression. I think that I became incredibly aware of how few attorneys are are actually writing these laws. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so the legislative analysts are attorneys and they are. Looking at this and going, like, This is not enforceable, or This is illegal, sir, madam. <laughs> you,
0: you cannot, you say may not,
1: this. right? Yeah, we're gonna need to workshop this a little bit before mm. we present it. Um, so that was pretty surprising to me. Hmm. Um, how much work needed to be put into some of this, uh, the this um language in order to make it even work. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Roy Bond's office in DC. You know, honestly, I was like, what am I doing here? I think they had me answering some phones Hmm. and then giving tours. So I oh. was I was an integral part.
0: Of... <laughs> the 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 yeah. gears of of politics yeah. really worked around you as a tour guide. That without day.
1: me, he would be nothing. It's the soundbite I want. To be taken from us.
0: <laughs> I think I think we can do a pull quote of that for social media. Perfect. That is Roy Blunt's office would not have existed had I not been there uh-huh. to answer a phone and mm-hmm. give a tour. Well, mm-hmm. it, the the legislative work though, was is, is really kind of interesting. That your the that our lawmakers really just don't do great with law. That's.
1: Yeah, they That's just aren't trained in it, right? And so they're like, well, I don't know, why can't we just make this work? It's like for a lot of reasons, and we'll start from the beginning. <laughs> it's rough meetings, as you can imagine.
0: That's right. Well, let me let me. Uh, I'll I'll end it, and we'll we'll say, hey, how can people find you if if they do find themselves in that situation where hey, we need to start talking about what where where we go from here? Um, where can they find you?
1: Call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, you can call me mm-hmm. at. and that's our law firm, and you'll speak with the beautiful and kind Alejandra, Mm -hmm. Um, and she'll get you in touch with me, or you can go to our website, that's probably the easiest thing, and that is thebenderfirm.com, and Bender, Legasp, is spelled with an I, -I B-I-N-D-E-R, um, and so, don't go off to that B E N D E R website. No, that's different. Website. That's yeah. a very different thing. It's a thing. different You're website. You're not going to want to go there. Go to B I N D E R, um, thebenderfirm.com, and you can schedule an appointment there, and you can look at pictures of of me and my staff, and you can read the blog, and whatever you want to
0: do. The, it's Hang good, out for a while. It is a solid blog with lots of great advice. So do <laughs> do do some checking out of of the blog. All right, Kellis and Bender from the Bender Firm. Thanks it for is. being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun chatting with you. Jeff.
0: And that is our show. Thanks to Kellison for being here. We appreciate her dropping by. Um, Thanks for listening to the Small Business Miracles Podcast. Remember to subscribe, leave us a five star rating and review. Drop us a line on the website at eagadv.com if you have any thoughts. Until then, we'll be out here helping entrepreneurs with another Small Business Miracle.